Uh, welcome to this week, uh, this week four of our series, The Pressure's Off. Say, if you have your smartphone or tablet with the version uh, live event app on that, please boot that up. We're going to need that in a second. I'm so glad you decided to be with us this morning. It was a decision, and you had lots of other decisions that you could make. Some of them involved snow, but I hope that by the time that we're done, you will come to see the decision to be here with us as a good one, because that's what we're talking about this morning. The pressure is off of making good decisions. The pressure is off of making good decisions. Um, This is something that is so important. This is so important because I would be willing to bet that some of your greatest joys, some of my greatest joys, and, and some of my deepest regrets, right? have to do with the decisions that you and I have made in the past. But if we could make better decisions, if we could learn somehow to make better decisions, it stands to reason we'd have more joy and and fewer regrets. And that's what we're talking about this morning. Um, So whether you're a church person or not, whether you consider yourself a Jesus follower or not, it really doesn't matter because there's going to be some good info for you here this morning, some of us uh, to dig into. Before we do that, um, I'd like you to say this with me. Let's, why don't you bring that up, please? My decisions determine, okay, it doesn't, it, it feels like I'm marching and then it's like I look back, there's nobody there. Okay, this is easy. Ready? My decisions determine my destiny. Now, you may have heard that before. It, 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 different versions of this are said a lot, but it's true. It's true. My decisions determine my destiny or my direction, right? Your decisions determine that. So it's important. And we don't always make good decisions, do we? No. No. We're honest if we're not anything else here. No. And I thought I would help us enter into the realm of not always making bad decisions by coming up with some examples. Take a look. Take a look. You're going to have to look closely. These are two guys. It has to be two guys because women are too smart for this. They are moving a full-size couch into a third-floor apartment via the balcony on an extension ladder. (coughs) This This is a bad decision. Stop watching Chicago Fire, buy a futon, use the elevator. Next. Again, two guys. This time lifting with a bar on an exercise ball. This is a what? Bad decision. That's a, what? I had a spotter. Good. He can call 911 to get that. Get that bar removed from your cranium. That pained expression, that's just a sample of what's coming. Not a good decision. Next. Again, a guy. This is known as the beard nest. Not, this is a bad decision. I want the next picture of the mama bird who comes back. No, go back, go back. I want the no, I want the next picture of the mama bird who comes back to hatch those eggs. Yeah. Now, just so that you can see that bad decisions are not limited to men. Here we go. Yes. This is this is a bridal party. Yeah. Just take a good hard look at that. Those are different people. That's not just one thing. 
It looks like people who are poking their heads through the shades, the, the curtains of a sketchy motel, but, but it's not. And I, I show this with confidence that nobody is really offended because this comes from Europe, right? But don't you want to see the fabric that finished second and it wasn't quite pretty enough to make the cut? Oh, this is a bad decision. And just so you know, we're not just laughing at others' bad decisions. I have made bad decisions in my life too. Bring it up. Yes. You can bring it up. That's okay. Get a good hard look. That is me in 1979. All right, control it. I, I just threw up myself a little in my mouth. Um, you can leave it up. We're gonna, we need to describe this. Uh, I was at a school dance, and like, this is before I met Sheree. Okay, let's just get that straight. I was clearly in a very dark place. Um, this is at a school dance. I have destroyed the evidence to protect the innocent of, of the girl who was my date. I am wearing in this photo a three-piece corduroy suit. I don't know that they exist anymore. Huge aviator-type glasses. And you may have noticed the horrible atrocity of, of a perm. Of a, of a perm. Yes. This was a, say it with me, bad decision. Now, um, some of you are on the live event, right? And you know all the other pictures are loaded up there, but not this one, right? Really? You're wondering why that is? I'm not going to follow one dis- bad decision with another bad decision. Now you, you can take this off. You can take this off. Bring the lights up. But so often, isn't that what we do? Like we follow one bad decision with another bad decision? And although we've been laughing about it, um, the bad decisions that we're talking about in my life and in your life that we're not really crazy about everybody knowing, those aren't really funny. Those bad decisions, if you're anything like me, have brought a lot of pain and suffering and um, disappointment and hurt to yourself, your family, maybe people you love, your friends. Those bad decisions are like that. Um, And it doesn't need to be like that, but we do need to start where we are. So here we go. Here's your live event question. If you're all booted up, here it goes. Here's what we're asking. Seriously, this is one of the worst decisions I have ever made. Okay, anybody out there? Seriously, not clothes, not fashion. This is one of the worst decisions I have ever made. Um, Take a minute. You know those are completely anonymous, so you can uh, share those safely. If you're not playing along at home, look, in your heart, just think about it. One of them. It doesn't have to be the worst. Um, Just one of them. Let's take a look. Let's take a look. Thinking I could... Okay, yeah, that's okay. Take a second. We'll get it more popular. There we go. Thinking I could just try porn. It took over my life. Um, A past relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Turning away from God. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank the person who shared this. That's that's a decision that we don't always consciously make, but we make a lot. We make a lot, right? Turning away from... Dating a non-believer and expecting them to act like a believer. Yeah. Turning away from God. Another one. Choice in a relationship. Yeah. 
Getting pregnant at 17. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Now, um, there's no shame in this, okay? We're, we're not here to shame you. In fact, if that is something in your life, um, and I'm not just talking to the people who, who keyed in, um, if you feel like you're, oh, there's more, having physical intimacy way before marriage, drinking too much, allowing a boy to have his way with me, stayed in a bad relationship for fear of loneliness, lying. Yeah, yeah, guys, we're, we're in the same boat. We're in the same boat. And if you feel like your life has been a series of bad decisions, um, we talked about this last week, that that doesn't need to define your present or limit your future in Christ. Um, we talked about, uh, and, and I want to encourage you, if you've heard it but it didn't sink in or you, you weren't here with us, go to our website, gunnisonbethany.com, listen to the podcast, The Pressure's Off My Past. The pressure is off my past. Okay, but here is what we have. Here's what we have right now. What if we had the ability to make our lives not a series of bad decisions, but a series of good decisions um, without all the pressure? Now, we said uh, our decisions determine our destiny. And so that would seem to put a lot of pressure on on that, but it need not be so. It need not be so. Um, I want to take a look at what Solomon has to say. Solomon is recognized by Christians and Jews and Muslims and other people of other faiths as one of the wisest men men who has ever lived. And he has something to say. Solomon has something to say about making decisions and how we make good decisions. So we're going to take a look at what this wise man said in uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 3. Picking it up at verse 5. He says this. This is a way to make good decisions. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and, and do not lean on your own understanding. Okay? Don't count on your own smarts. Don't rely on that. Don't bank on the fact that you have the answer, right? In all your ways, acknowledge God. Look to God. Hope for God's um, wisdom. And he will make straight your paths. He will make your paths straight. Right? Because we go through life like this, right? And he'll straighten them out. He'll help us make good decisions. Did you catch this? Like the wisest dude that, that millions upon millions upon millions of people recognize as having like heavenly wisdom. He is saying something pretty extraordinary. He's saying, look, I don't even look to my own wisdom when I make decisions. And you shouldn't either. Look to God and God is wise and God will come through for you. You have to trust him for making good decisions. Solomon is saying that there is a way to trust God um, to make good decisions. God will come through for you. And there's a really cool uh, passage in Isaiah that I want you to see. Uh, The prophet Isaiah described what this kind of life might look like. And he wrote this, and your ears shall hear a word uh, behind you saying, this is the way walk in it um, when you turn to the right or to turn to the left. This is what that could be like. And who wouldn't want this? Like an internal wisdom, God sent GPS, right? For decision making. That's, that's very cool. And, and that's kind of what is promised. That's, that's what we're reaching for. And, and some of us believe that's possible. And, and some of us believe 
It's not. But regardless of where you are, hang with us. If this is possible, how do we get it? How do we do that? And, and why wouldn't we do it more? Um, now, whether or not you want to attach the God part to it, I think this is true for all of us. Let's take a look. Um, Rick Warren answered that question beautifully. He said this, many of our troubles occur because we base our choices, we base our decisions on unreliable authorities. Bad information, right? From culture, everybody's doing it, to tradition, we've always done it this way. I've always done it this way. Reason, right? All up here. It seemed logical. Or emotion. It just felt right. Okay, so what I want us to do is this is actually connected to what Solomon said. When he said, don't lean on your own understanding, that's what Rick is talking about. Lean on your own understanding of culture, of tradition, of reason, of emotion. So we want to look at all these unreliable um, advisors or authorities and see why they're broken down and then see how we could do it better. Okay, so the first one, we're going to take a look at is culture. Culture. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Now, the more insecure you are, the more likely you are to make your decisions based on what everybody else is doing. Say, no, only young people do that. No, old people do that. Old people do that. We just have a better way of kind of dressing it up in in non-peer pressure looking things. It has to do with where we find our security and who we're trying to please, right? So culture. Um, Let's look at the fact that in 1916, don't bring it up yet, but Robert Frost wrote a very well-known, very beloved poem. Some of you are smiling. You know where I'm going with this. It has a lot of wisdom to it. It's called The Road Not Taken, the name of the poem, right? Or you may may call it The Road Less Traveled. But here are the famous last three lines of this poem. It's brilliant. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Now, you've heard that. You've heard that. Well, maybe just for the first time, there's so much wisdom here. Don't follow the crowd. Don't follow the crowd. Take the road less traveled, right? That's what we want to do. If everyone's doing it, that should raise serious questions in your mind, in my mind, whether I should be making that decision. Don't follow the crowd. Why? Because they're not going where you want to end up. They're not going where you want to end up, where I want to end up. Take the road less traveled. Look, look um, this is a unique place. This is a distinctive place to be talking about that because I see um, some contradictions, a little dichotomy. Part of why I love Gunnison and, and love Western is, is because, hey, this is the road less traveled, right? That's part, part of... That desire, part of that hunger may have drawn you here to live in Gunnison Valley, to to attend Western, to to take the road. And that's great. That's great. And that makes sense. But here's the part that makes, to me, absolutely no sense. Why? 
Would you and I take the road less traveled to be in a place where only a privileged few get to live and yet make the same destructive life choices that everyone in every city, in every town, on every mountain, on every university campus is making? Why would you and I want to take the road less traveled simply to make the same destructive choices simply in a better setting? That's what doesn't really make sense. If we're going to take the road less traveled, let's take it all the way and not follow the crowd. Because I guarantee you what our middle school students, high school students, college students, young adults Parents, families, retirees are struggling with and choosing has zero difference to the people who took the road most traveled. And God is saying it should be that way. It should be that way. Jesus himself said, don't travel the way everybody else is going. He said, don't follow the crowd. Take a look. Matthew 7, this is huge. He says, your life depends on it. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 7. Pick it up in verse 13. He said this, enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy. That leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, many, most, lots, the crowd. Verse 14, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard. That leads to life. And those who find it are few. Please let this get your attention. Please let this get your attention. Don't follow the crowd because where the crowds are going, you do not want to end up. Don't follow the crowd, chase the crowd. So that maybe, maybe some of our friends, maybe some of our loved ones will come away with us into life. Look, God himself said, most people are not going to choose me. They're not. But his heart is for everybody too. So if, ours, if we know this, don't follow the crowd. Chase the crowd so that we can say, come, come this way. Come, come this way. That way. It's got a lot of company, but the end is not good. It's not good. Um, where are you? you know, have you followed the crowd or have you taken the road truly less traveled into life? That could change today. Okay, that was by far the longest one we're going to do. Um, uh, uh, unreliable authority. Number two, tradition. I've always done it like that. I've always done it like that. Isn't that great? Tradition. Now, I'm not knocking all traditions, neither are scripture. There are some great traditions, and then there are some traditions where we just do life this way. I've always done it this way. We've always got, and then we're puzzled that we get the same results. Really? Really? Why why would we think it would be any different that we make these decisions um, that get us stuck in a rut? Maybe that rut is in relationships, your dating relationships, your marriage, your friends, your school, your job, your health, your finances your faith. You get stuck in a rut, but you stay in that rut long enough, right? And it starts to feel familiar, right? The rut can start feeling like home, but it's a trap. It's a trap to go through life making decisions the same way, ending up with the same results and wondering why we can't have a different life. 
Paul says, the apostle Paul says it's a trap. Here's what he wrote to the Colossians. See to it that no one takes you captive. That's the trap. By philosophy, empty deceit, according to the way everybody has always done it. Human traditions, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. We're not getting our, this is connected to the one before because we're not getting our cues from the crowd. We're getting our cues from the one who loves the crowd, who sacrificed himself for the crowd and is calling the crowd to the one, right? That's what we're doing. And we can't do that. So if you are doing what you're always doing, been doing the way you've always been doing it and making the same decisions you've always been making and puzzled about why your life never seems to change. It's because it's a trap and Jesus wants to lead you into freedom to make decisions that you've never been bold enough to make before and to give you the power and the wisdom to decide for him and for others in a way that you didn't have the wisdom to make before. Okay, the third unreliable um, thing is reason. Seemed logical. It seemed like a good idea. You've heard that before. It seemed like a good idea. Do you realize that in uh, the third chapter of Genesis, this is the way sin moved into our world, got into our DNA when our first parents said, well, it sounds like a good idea at the time, right? To, to, to believe God's holding out on you and do the one thing that he said, don't do, trust me, no. Seemed like a good idea at the time, Of course it did. Look, bad decisions always look like good decisions when we make them, right? I went into a, um, and this is many years ago, a financial uh, arrangement that I confess to you uh, was made out of greed. Um, It was an obligation that I still have hanging over my neck, over my head. I could do far more for this church financially. I could do far more for the poor and the hungry. I could do far more for my family. I could do far more for the glory of God had I not tried to do far more for me. That's a bad decision. A a bad decision that seemed good at the time. I would... It's, it's actually no surprise that I'm actually working at the university. That's where my full-time job is. Um, I started in Res Life. Do any Res Life people? Oh, yeah. God bless you. God bless you. So, um, like, I was, I, yeah, Michael, it, yeah, we're, we're kin. Um, but I was good. I was good. I know. You don't think so. I didn't look like the fro guy at that time. I had met Cherie. She'd straighten me out. Um, I got a job during the summer, and I've told some of the, you know, this story before. Um, I was actually entrusted with assigning all the roommates for freshmen before they arrived during the summer. And I took this job very seriously. I had this one hall in Butler. Butler was called, right? And I was going to match these young women up in a way that they'd not been matched up before. So I had the idea, I'm going to do this. And I did. I created a whole wing of young women all named Jennifer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Their parents, my bosses, not so much. Not so much. You say, it looks good. Of course it does. If it looked bad... You wouldn't choose it. It's a lot like sin, right? 
sin doesn't, the sin that's really dangerous, that's why I'm like, you know, we harp on, oh man, don't mainline heroin. Yeah, no, of course you don't. Like, yeah, the sin that is so dangerous is the stuff that looks like it's good, right? Right? Because if, if it was bad, a lot of us wouldn't choose it. It's a lot like sin, which promises, that, look at it this way, sin and, and bad decisions have this in common. They always promise a more immediate pleasure. They always promise. And look, many churches will lie to you. They deliver that. Okay? If sin wasn't pleasurable, it wouldn't have so many Facebook likes, right? I mean, there wouldn't be so many people friending it. Okay, you look confused. If sin wasn't fun, we wouldn't do it. Okay, thank you. Now... Here's the thing. It promises and delivers short-term pleasure at the expense of long-term destruction and agony. Obedience, the right choice, God's way, often requires short-term pain or inconvenience or difficulty, but promises and delivers long-term extended pleasure. That's what you got to decide. Yeah, it looked good at the time, but it wasn't. Uh, Proverbs 16, Solomon again. This is terrifying. This is a terrifying verse. There is a way that seems right to a man or a woman, but its end is the way to death. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Will give you a lot of immediate pleasure and long-term, long-term pain. The good decision isn't the one that's going to feel the best most immediately, but provide the future you're looking for. The worst decision might feel really good initially. And then you spend years and years and years paying for it. That's true. That's true. And Solomon said this. The last one, here it is. Emotion. It just feels right. It just feels right. Like there are a million songs, most of them pretty cheesy. It feels right. You know, um, that wasn't one song in particular, but that's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of the idea. If it feels good, do it. Okay, for some of you, this is like the source of some of your greatest regrets, some of your greatest heartache. And we talked about this. This is related to the other one. Well, do you want it to feel better longer? then make the right choice. Um, that's where we go. Uh, there are a lot of good things that, there are a lot of things that feel good that don't end well. And uh, Solomon says this in Proverbs 25. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. If you and I do not control our emotions to derive our decisions, we're like a city without walls, which means all the valuable stuff has been looted and everything else is vulnerable to attack. Um, if we don't get to the point where we're not deciding based on what feels good. Um, that's where it leads us. So um, what are we supposed to do? What, what are we supposed to do? Um, let's go back to the Proverbs 3 um, verse. Um, actually, the Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Yeah, there we go. It's where we started. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make straight your paths. I would suggest uh, you may be into Bible memorization or not. 
Um, we memorize all our favorite songs. We can memorize this one. Why do you have to memorize it, Tom? That's kind of creepy. It's not really. It's like the difference between, I have a Bible. I don't even memorize it. It's like having a gun at home in a safe and living in the wild. Don't you want that gun locked and loaded and on your hip? Get this memorized. Because when you need to make a decision, you can't go home and and find some time to do a little Bible study. Hide it in your heart. Hide it in your head. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. We need to know how to do that, though. How do we do that? What does that look like? Let's just take one step back before we go forward. Take a look at this, and, and I'd like you to say this with me. Every decision you make leads you somewhere. Every decision you and I make leads us somewhere. Okay, here, I'm, I'm taking it to a level that, that believers, unbelievers, followers, non-followers, we can, this is true. Every decision you and I make leads us somewhere. We might as well make decisions that lead us somewhere that we want to go. Can, can we get a, amen? Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, I agree. I vote for that. Look, if you want to go skiing in the mountains, if you want to go skiing in the mountains, do you go to Kansas? No. If you did, that would be what? Stupid. Right, right. Right. Some people would say it's never wise to go to Kansas. Now, but anybody from Kansas here? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, but you're here in Colorado. Yeah. See? God bless you. No, I got nothing against Kansas. If every decision you and I make leads us somewhere, we might as well make the decisions that lead us somewhere we want to go. Somewhere we want to go. The quality, whether you end up in a better or worse place, depends on the quality of your decision making. And the quality of your decision making depends on how much wisdom you have. Right? If you knew everything there was to know, you could decide best. And that would lead you to where you want to go. So where are you going to get this? Where are you going to get this wisdom? The wisest guy says, God. Let's take a look at another scripture that I would say, this would be brilliant for you to memorize. Right? If any of you <laughs> lacks wisdom, ask God. You know what that means? Ask God. That means talk to him. That means pray. And, and it doesn't mean flowery words. It just means, God, I can't figure this out. I need wisdom. And, and Tom said that James said that if I asked you, you give generously to all. Circle that all. Because that includes you. Even if you trashed your life through bad decisions. God is saying, okay, here's this blank check of wisdom. It's for all. It, anybody who has the who has the heart to ask me for it, right? Gives to all without reproach. He, he's not going to parse out who deserves wisdom, who's good. And it will be given to him or her. It will. Now, now this is a promise. There's one condition. Here's the one condition. It's not what you would think it was. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, tossed, driven, tossed by the wind. If you trust me, if you're going to bank on this and you're going to ask me for wisdom, then just believe that I'm going to give it to you. Here's what I have to do because I, I, I kind of know that there's doubt always kind of tinged, mixed in there with me. 
and say, God, I want, I, I not only need wisdom, I need the faith <laughs> to be able to believe that you're going to deliver. So as long as you're sending something, send both of them because I want to I trust, right? So you could do it that way until we have so much faith that that second part isn't necessary. But ask for wisdom. You're going to get it. Pray, believing in faith. He's writing you this blank check of wisdom and you need to cash it every day as many times as you need it. And you can find God's best. You can find God's will. Take a look at these quotes. They're brilliant. Somebody, I don't know who said this, and I couldn't find out. God's will is what you would always want, always choose, if you knew all the eventual consequences ahead of time. Hmm, that's pretty cool. And you can have that, right? You can have that knowledge. Because he says, ask, and I'm going to give it. And Jim Elliott, that uh, missionary who died, says, God always gives his best to those who leave the choice to him. Okay, um, now I just want to yell at um, the believers for a sec. So if, if you're kind of on the outside looking in, that's fine. And, and it's not really going to be yelling. We can't ignore the wisdom that we've already been given. We can't ignore the wisdom we've already been given. Psalm 119, 105 says this. Your word, you know this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. The Bible. Okay. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, many of you would believe that, that this is God's word. Okay. Now, even if you're not, I, I think by now you, you'd probably say, well, God's word or not, it's got a lot of wisdom. But those of us who follow Jesus Christ know that this is God's word. And if it is, what are you doing with the wisdom you've already got? Well, here's what, here's what, here's what I mean by that. Um, I have a lot of people, and I, I love them, but often people will come to me and complain, um, not, not complain, they, they, they're kind of full of angst because God does not seem to be speaking to them. And so I'll ask the question, how much time have you been spending reading God's word and asking him to speak to you? Almost always, there's like silence and lack of eye contact. Look, it, this is either true or it's not. But if it's true, don't you think that if you and I spent more time kind of absorbing God's, God's word, that we're going to have the wisdom to make decisions in every area of our life. Yeah. And if it's not, if that's not true, then you should just forget about it. But if it is, you should go whole hog into it. And I want you to know that sometimes we want more than God is promising. This is, your word is a lamp unto my feet. We want the whole horizon lit up. Most times, right? He promises to give you light for your next step. And then you look to him again. He'll give you light for your next step. Why? Because he wants you and me relying on him and walking with him every step of every way. And he knows people like you. 
He knows people like me. If he gave us the whole map, we'd say, hey, thanks, see ya. Right? So it's for your next step. So you keep coming back. And that's a good thing. Two ways you can do this. Look, I just want to encourage your quiet time. If you don't know what that is, make a date with Jesus. Right? If you're a guy, it's bro time. Whatever you want to call it. Look, this is more important than eating. This is more important than sleeping. This is more important. Wake up in the middle of the night if you have no other time. And just say, we're going to get alone together. I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to tell you how good you are. Then I'm going to sit and listen. And I'm going to read and listen. And I'm trusting you're going to meet with me and you're going to speak to me. And your life will be rocked if you do this regularly. Okay? And if you start doing this and then stop, everybody in your life is going to know you're not doing it anymore. But they're not going to know what you stopped doing. Okay? That's when you get bitter. That's when you get nasty. That's when you get short. That's when you get unwise. That's when you get hopeless. Okay, another thing. If you have a specific area, something you're digging in, um, there's a thing like it's an online concordance. Um, Go to um, openbible.info. Okay, you write that down. It's a a great site, right? Um, What this is, and then click on topical Bible. They take... uh, Topics, starting with any letter, right? Um, anger to, to zeal and everything in between. And you just click on that and they have a ton, thousands upon thousands of verses all organized by that topic. So if you're wrestling with something, you can go there and, and really get some wisdom on that. On that. So quiet time, um, uh, a concordance an online, that's openbible.info. When you get wisdom, and then I'm, I'm going to shut this down. I'm going to decide to shut it. Look, you have to, I just, I, you have to make the choice to choose the wisdom that you've got. Of course we would. No, you wouldn't. I don't either. Just getting wisdom doesn't, doesn't mean we're, we're going to decide to use it. And we do this all the time, all the time, because whether you're, you're, earnest followers of Jesus or not, right? We tend to be big idea, big moment, big decision people, which means we want God's will for um, what what college to go to or what job to take or what to major in or who to marry or what house to buy or where job. Do I move here? Do I buy this? Do I? And all of that, all of that is important. And you should seek God's will before you make those decisions. But I'm not really sure that's going to get you to the life that God is interested in. What do you mean? God is interested in those big decisions. Yes, he is. I agree. But we, you and I, tend to be interested in the what, where, when, who. Right? What do I, what college do I go to? Tell me, God. Yeah, it's good to seek God for that. But are you also seeking him to say, and how do you want me to go there? Do you want to be, will you make me a light to my residence hall? Will you make me a shepherd for my athletic team? Will you make me salt? Will you make me water for the thirsty? Will you, regardless of 
Because I submit to you, if you go to the right place and you don't ask those how questions, you found the right place to be disobedient. People come to me um, to ask me to marry them. And, 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 and I don't mean to scare you off if this is you, but if they ask me the question, we want to know if it's God's will for us to get married. If they ask me a question like that, I'm going to say, are you already sleeping together? And they'll answer one way or another. And they'll say, sometimes they'll say, what difference does that make? And I'll say, look, you're asking for the big decision. You want, you want the big decision. You want God's opinion on whether you belong together for life. But you have already shown that you don't give a rip about how he wants you interacting with each other. You're asking the big question without the, should I buy this house? Should we not buy this house? Let's seek the Lord. Let's pray. Let's fast. Yes, do that. But what are you going to use that house for? Is that going to be a shelter for the people who are not maybe literally homeless, but who need a sanctuary in your neighborhood, in your school, in your relationship? Are you going to use that house to glorify God? Is that his house to do with as he pleases? Because if not, you making this real estate transaction or that real estate, it doesn't matter. Do I marry this woman, this man? If you're not going to use your marriage to reveal to that person how much God loves them in a selfless, sacrificial way, who cares whether you marry the right person or not? We tend to keep God at the big decision level. Big decision level. You want me to take this job? Not take this job. How are you going to do the job? You're going to be a jerk? You're going to serve the people who don't deserve it at work. You're going to be a light. You can be salt. Then take the job. If you're not, who cares? So we have to choose to follow the wisdom we get. Otherwise, we are the people that Jesus says, hey, why do you go on calling me Lord and you don't do what I say? If you only go on a journey and you only want to take the big turns right and do the little turns any way you want, you think you're going to get there? No. <laughs> no. Um, bottom line is this. If there is no God, then the best way to decide what to do is what's best for you and you alone. That's the best. No, no, I... <sighs> I may not be like a, a faith person, but I want to do what's best and I want to do what's right. Listen, if there is no God, there is no best. There is no right. It's you who decides what's good and best and right. So whatever you want. And that's how the world turns out the way the world is. But, and you're free to do that. And you're free to hang with us while you do that to check out a different way that if there is a God, if there is a God, and if this is it, 
And he is promising you to give you his wisdom so that he can lead you into life and you can know him. Then that is the decision that determines your destiny. Deuteronomy says this. God says this. I'm going to get here. This is a big one. And this is for us. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and a curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him for he is your life and the length of your days. You and I can decide to know God. That is the decision that determines your destiny. You make every other right decision and not that one. At the end, you and I will have nothing. If you make that one, he will save you from your wrong decisions, my wrong decisions, and lead us in wisdom and grace. This is where, this is where the rubber meets the road, you know? You got to know, have you decided for Jesus Christ? And if you have, are you all in? Or are we just checking for the big, big stuff? There's more wisdom that's out there that God wants to pour into us than every TED Talk ever done, ever, ever, anywhere. And you can have it. You can have it. You got to know him. You got to know him. That's the decision. He's pleading with you here to make it. Many won't. Few will. Please be part of the few. Let's pray. Lord, um, there are many here who, um, and, and we're all kind of a mixed bag, Lord, for those of us who, who have never decided for you that this would be the day that, that they would say, Lord Jesus, I do believe in you. I believe you came for me, that you died as my sacrifice on the cross and that you rose again. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord, be my Savior, be my decision. I want to leave my life in your hands. You love me more than I love me. You know far more. Even if I get everything that I want in this life, if I don't have you, it's all over. I trust you now. Lord, I, I ask that you would give some of my friends the, the courage to, to pray that. And the rest of us, Lord, others of us, we have said yes to you. We, we, we've done that. We've, we've decided for you. But then we've let the culture, we've let the way we've always done things, we've let um, reason, we've let emotion guide our decisions more than you. Lord, we want to come back. Come back to you. Come back to your word. Come back to your wisdom. Lord, we bring all of our broken decision-making to you. We ask you to make us whole. We thank you that you love us to call us out and to take the pressure off of making good decisions. We love you.
In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to hang out on the stairs if you, if you want to talk or pray.